Good morning. County supervisors took their first run at next year's tax rate at the Finance Committee meeting last week. And the result? Deadlock. For Monday, October 16th, it's your Loud Now Morning Minute. The Humane Society of Loudoun County invite you to their Tales and Ales Fall Fundraiser this Sunday, October 22nd from noon to 4 at Black Walnut Brewery in Leesburg. Come enjoy an afternoon of music, food, games, prizes, and fun, and leashed pets are of course welcome. Tickets are $20 for adults, $10 for people 10 and up, and $50 for a family, and include a Tales and Ales mug, a chance at the hourly door prize, and specials from Black Walnut. Proceeds benefit the Humane Society of Loudoun County, serving Loudoun for more than 50 years. That's the Tales and Ales Fall Fundraiser this Sunday at Black Walnut. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rens Green. The Board of Supervisors will take up the first step in writing next year's budget without a recommendation from its Finance Committee. With Finance Committee Chairman Matt Letourneau absent for medical reasons last week, the committee split two to two on motions steering County Administrator Tim Hemstreet toward a real estate tax rate for next year. The way it works is this. Eventually, hopefully, the Board of Supervisors will direct Mr. Hemstreet to prepare a budget based on a certain tax rate. He'll introduce a proposed budget at that rate in February, and then the supervisors will add to or chip away at that budget in March before voting on a final version. This year, the county's looking at a more difficult budget than last year. It's trying to catch up on years of recession-era growth, during which the county's budget and government did not keep pace with its population. Last year, supervisors found room for a two-cent cut to the real estate tax rate to this year's $1.12.5 per $100 of assessed value. But this year, supervisors are looking at a study of county employee pay scales that shows Loudoun far behind other Northern Virginia jurisdictions. They're shifting the county government to a more reliable cloud computing infrastructure. They're staffing up the fire rescue department to modern standards. They're dealing with understaffed county departments. And, of course, there's the oncoming cost of Metro Rail. At this year's rate, very preliminary projections show the county coming up about $100 million short of what it needs. That includes annual raises for county employees, normal growth in county departments, and the first year of fixing the county's classification and compensation system. Very often, these early projections of the county's budget situation are conservative by design, and some budget shortfalls close up by the time supervisors start work on the budget in March. But Mr. Hemstreet said the gap this year will probably be too large to fill without either a higher tax rate or cutting out some of those expenses. He said his priority, absent additional funding, will be to put as much money as he can toward increasing pay and benefits for county staff, who, as I mentioned, are pretty far behind the rest of the Northern Virginia region. Republican Supervisors Ralph Bona and Tony Buffington wanted to direct Mr. Hemstreet to prepare a budget at the current tax rate with the $100 million shortfall, with options to cut the budget to the equalized tax rate. At the equalized tax rate, the average homeowner pays the same dollar amount in taxes despite rising property values and things like inflation. Democratic Chair Phyllis Randall and Supervisor Coran Sains wanted Mr. Hemstreet to prepare a budget at $1.135, a penny higher than this year, with options to reduce it to $1.125. 
In Chair Randall's words, if we even want to start talking about taking care of the employees, we cannot start with a motion that will actually shortfall the government on the government side by that much money. By the government side, she meant not the school side. They're expected to make a significantly larger request this year. With both votes split two to two, neither motion passed. This now goes to the full Board of Supervisors with no recommendation from the Finance Committee. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, remember Friday how I said the $6.3 million federal lawsuit against the sheriff and county is going away? Well, it's not going away. The ink was hardly dry on the order dismissing the case before former detective Mark McCaffrey's attorney had appealed it. He filed a notice of appeal the same day the court's opinion was published. Mr. McCaffrey's attorney, Robert Sincar, said he will challenge the court's conclusion that sheriff's deputies are covered by a patronage exemption that allows some public employees to be fired for political reasons. In an opinion dated last Thursday, Judge Anthony Tranga dismissed the wrongful termination lawsuit against Sheriff Mike Chapman and the county. Mr. McCaffrey filed it after being fired for supporting a different candidate in the Republican primary for sheriff. He argued his right to freedom of expression had been violated. The lawsuit also alleged a great number of other bad practices in the agency, from mismanaging the budget to awarding contracts to or hiring campaign contributors to protecting friends to poor morale among officers, all of which Sheriff Chapman has denied. The town of Leesburg says the sinkhole over at Exeter is not a sinkhole. Uh, they're not gaslighting us, as far as I can tell. The contractors they called up to check it out say the sinking ground between townhouses on Jared Square was caused by soil settling over time and was precipitated by precipitation, by which I mean the heavy rains a couple weeks ago. By contrast, a sinkhole forms when underground water dissolves and carries away subterranean rock, such as limestone, leaving underground spaces or caverns which can collapse. The town plans to finish filling the hole by the end of this week, and since it's a private road, the Exeter HOA will have to pay the town back for that work. A driver appears to have been trying to pass a tractor-trailer when that driver was killed on Route 9 on Friday. The accident happened at 4.42 in the morning on Friday. State police are still investigating, but according to a preliminary report, a tractor trailer was traveling east on Route 9 near Percival Road when three vehicles following behind it pulled into the westbound lane to pass it. That segment of the highly traveled two-lane road is marked as a no-passing zone. The first two vehicles made it around the tractor trailer and back into the eastbound lane. The third vehicle did not. As it came into the curve heading east in the westbound lane, it struck a westbound Dodge Charger head-on. The adult male driver of the eastbound, the passing vehicle, died at the scene. The adult male driver of the westbound car, the Dodge, was flown to a Nova Fairfax hospital for treatment of injuries described as serious but not life-threatening. And the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office has released composite sketches of a man and woman involved in two suspicious incidents in the Brambleton area. On Friday, October 6th, a resident reported that she was approached twice by a woman who asked multiple times about her children. The suspect then followed her as she walked to sit down to feed her child. The suspect asked the names of the children and whether the mother needed a nanny. The suspect attempted to reach toward the complainant's son, but the complainant stopped her. The second incident happened Monday at approximately 12.30 p.m. near Oglethorpe Court, where a resident was fishing with his son at a pond. 
the son was on the opposite side of the pond from his father when a suspicious vehicle passed by. The female passenger seemed to ask the driver a question about the boy. The son looked at his father, and the dad told his son to come to him. The vehicle left the area. Anyway, see descriptions and composite drawings of these two suspects and get the full story on all these stories over at loudonnow.com. On today's calendar, if you want to learn to paint with watercolors, or if you already have a little bit of experience, swing by Cooley Gallery in Leesburg tonight at 6.30 p.m. for a class with Elaine Nunley. And the Farm to Fashion Agricouture exhibit is still on at the Franklin Park Arts Center. They've got garments made of materials from local farms at the Farm to Fashion Creative Challenge exhibit, open today from 9 to 5. Get the details on these events and check out the rest of the events calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, tell a friend and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great day. Mm-hmm.